Had you only hours to convince a beloved friend that there is value in the things that you value? Would you search through space and time to find the perfect words to convey your convictions? When every word counts, rise and proclaim your opinions to be the light of the galaxy! It didn't do the fade across thing. All right. Well, I guess we're yep. here now. Hello, everybody. This is a podcast. <laughs> My name's Leo. I like Star Trek. Hi, I'm Jack. I don't... Uh, I'm just... Jack's mm. also here. Yeah, I'm here. Um, um, this is bonus content. You're welcome. Um, you are welcome. We have... Uh, not been able to do bonus content for a bit because of uh, my home construction situation. As you've noted on a recent episode, you are more whole than man. And I am now less whole. I am, than man. I am... Um, I am <laughs> <laughs> Why did that make it worse? That's... Yeah, working out the math on that is... <laughs> that's... It's bad both ways. There's no good way. Um, it's almost like dis- de- describing yourself as whole is not. <laughs> that can't be the problem. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, we're now uh, in the space that will eventually be my new bedroom, um, but it's currently outside. Hey, this could be your bedroom right now. But All at you least, have to do is put a bed in it. <laughs> at least it's a flat surface. <laughs> or out here, I guess. <laughs> instead of a hole. Um and I do want to, since our uh, recording schedule has uh, gotten a little wonky and the uh, last regular episode that we've recorded is going to come out after this, uh, let us listeners know after editing it that I apologize for the cat. Mm. Got a lot of cat on the upcoming episode with Mike Carosa. Mm. And um, I know that's not the level of professionalism you guys have come to expect. <laughs> from this yeah. podcast and i let myself down i let you down i let jack down and i'm really sorry about it all um also on that episode my computer crashed and then i fell asleep so <laughs> um yeah but we addressed that on mike so <laughs> it's okay oh i mean if you if by we you mean not you and i no no, no me and mike <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah it was basically like uh well jack's computer's frozen so i guess we'll wrap it up <laughs> Um, which I guess is also not the level of professionalism. Anyway, um, what's going on, man? How are you? I mean, um, honestly, it's, it's hard for me to describe how much of a relief just having this portion of the, um, construction done is, um, as you know, I have not been able to even use, oh good, the cat's barfing. Listeners, that that steady pulse you hear in the background is, in fact, a cat just working her stomach out. To she just horked up some grass there. Wonderful. What was I saying? Anyway, the um, yeah, the 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 level of of kind of relief of having just this portion of it done, even though I still have a long way to go before this thing is done. Um, I yeah having to having no other choice obviously but to to live in my house while i'm going through renovations right. um yeah i always you know you hear people where they're like they were you know rented an apartment for six months or whatever while their house was being built or renovated and whatever it's like eh, that must be nice yeah i mean i don't i don't like having someone come over to fix the washer while i'm home <laughs> yeah. so 
yeah, the amount of stress you must be under is uh, unfathomable yeah. to me, and I don't, I don't like to think about it. But yeah, now I can uh, use my back door again uh, without having to use a ladder to climb down into the hole. Sure, uh, I can just walk out, walk out onto the deck. Yep, as it were. Yeah, we're um, we're pretty much hole free over here. Yeah, um, we're we're basically no hole. Mm. Mm. That's gonna go on the t-shirt website. <laughs> Basically, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, oh, no, 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 I do have live long, prosper, and watch out for holes That's on there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a second, I thought I'd uh, Yeah, as a vol cell, I would like to yeah. also put myself out there as basically no hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, how about you? How are you? Oh, uh, fuck. I don't know, man. Yeah. Shit's been really... I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm glad I quit my horrible, oppressive job. Um, I had lunch with, um, probably my only friend who's like actually a Marxist. Um, <laughs> I love, I don't it's, know. It's nice to, it's nice to catch up with somebody where you're like, you don't have to catch them up on any theory. You can just, just talk about Kind of shoot the shit with yeah. them. Um, that was fun. Um, <laughs> the conclusions we came to were not good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, no, I'm glad you brought that up actually. Uh, so, um, as we are recording this, uh, it has been roughly 24 hours since, uh, Joseph Robin, Robinette Biden mm-hmm. announced that he will be, uh, vice presidenting, uh, Kamala Harris. And the most, uh, comical slash annoying, infuriating, uh, thing to see is all of the conservative talking heads, uh, all over the internet and all over cable news, uh, talking about what a radical leftist, Marxist, Leninist, socialist, radical Kamala Harris is. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> California DA. Yep. <laughs> yep. That radical. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm honestly like, so I read a. I'll try to find this actually so we can post it in show notes or something because I read it like two days ago and I really wish I would have saved it because I really like it. Um, But there is a quote from some Chomsky um, either lecture or essay where he, he basically says, if you're on the left, politics is something that you are engaged with all the time. It is a constant struggle against power. And every two to four years, there is an event called an election. And you take 15 minutes and you go vote. And then you go back to doing politics. And that hit me really good. Where it's like, yeah, you go vote for the lesser of two evils, but you don't say this is, this is politics. Yeah, yeah, voting is not politics. The, re- the, other, sh- the other shit you do. Yeah. The future is in the streets. I heard that from... Something else. Today. That sounds but, like it's from a rap song. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I heard it from Sean KB, but um, yeah. No, the, I mean, the future is is a more material form of politics. <laughs> let's say. I I posted this, <laughs> and on, you can you can drop in whatever sound effects you want there. Uh, um, <laughs> probably fart noise. I don't know. Um, I posted this on Facebook a while ago, um, but. Uh, it just it drives it it drives me nuts uh when 
and I even encounter people who are like relatively left who still seem to be subscribing to the idea that like uh, communism is inherently bad and broken and will never function mm-hmm. um, because everybody's been sold that, you know, like communism yeah, has been the cold, bad guy. Cold War propaganda. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just like, but it's, yeah, especially when I hear it from like the, you know, the right wing talking heads and stuff like that, I'm like. We did the whole, you guys fucking remember Joseph McCarthy, right? Like we well, did a no, whole I mean, thing like, and we and at the end we were like, "Oh, he was wrong. He was a bad guy. He ruined a bunch of people's lives for no good goddamn reason because commun because you're just using communism as a boogeyman and you don't fucking know anything about it." And yet people are still doing that shit. Well, so I mean, like and this is why people like me for instance say you can never vote in communism um because the the powers that you are in opposition to if you are a communist are too vast and too powerful and and control the narrative too much to allow it to just be a sort of electoral process and like i mean that's why like like mccarthyism was yeah you're right it it was anti-free speech um, it, it, it just trampled all over the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. But that's what's going to happen any time that something comes to threaten the sort of uh, capitalist, statist oligarchy that we have now. And, yeah, I, I, it's not surprising at all that that the right is starting to reinvoke the specter of communism because the only other answer to the crisis that we are facing is fucking brutality and barbarism i mean that's there's a reason that that the phrase socialism and socialism or barbarism is a thing yeah it's just that and i mean they are doing it more or it seems like they're doing it more it's also that you know you and i are paying more attention to politics right now than we ever have in our lives yeah Um, and there's also more going on just because of the internet like we're both on social media even though we both know good and goddamn well that we shouldn't be but also but also we are in a time of crisis that has never we've never been this yeah yeah this is this level of crisis in our entire fucking lives yeah yeah no there and and I, i i don't know if we've quite reached the point uh, or even if you can draw a direct comparison to say whether or not we're at a, a point of greater crisis now than in the in the, the late sixties, um, I would say we are. I would. Say, I would say this is a one once in a century kind of situation. I w- I would say that um, just because of the degree to which, because I I don't think that, uh, and I could be pulling this out of my ass, but I don't think that the degree of incoming inequality was nearly as bad. Uh, during the 1960s and there was a much uh, more robust middle class in the 1960s but the flip side is uh, racial segregation and and, and the racial divide was much 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 worse even though it's still very 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 bad now right uh so i mean if you want my analysis on this star trek podcast oh are we doing a star trek podcast (laughs) yeah we actually have a star trek comedy podcast oh is that what okay i thought this was the communism anyway (laughs) um but um, I can't. I can't let you say what you just said and not answer it. So, um, I would say, yes. The the reason that there was so much racial unrest in the '60s is because uh, 
wealth was expanding because of the post-war boom mm-hmm. and therefore whiteness was expanding because whiteness has always been just who deserves to be poor versus who does not deserve to be poor all right are we concerned about the helicopter right now i mean always <laughs> that, is, that is a those are two very ill-timed helicopters a very for what we are talking very about. strange coincidence for this conversation <laughs> Uh, good thing we got these shades up. Mm-hmm. Yep, that'll stop a missile. Um, yeah, no, you just made me realize something that's wrong with my point because I was thinking of the robust middle class, and of course, I'm only thinking of the white middle class, right? Because that was that. Yeah. That's a, I think, a big, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was implicitly the demand, which was we want into this rapidly growing middle class. Which fair enough, like yeah, you should you should want into that. Mm-hmm. Um. But also, like, I mean, like, as people, as the leaders of that movement were assassinated, it was mostly when they turned socialist and said, okay, well, we can't actually, there's not actually going to be an ever-expanding middle class. Like, we need to kind of eradicate expropriatory class. Uh, That was when the FBI and the CIA started, you know, on them. Anyway. <laughs> so Star Trek is a thing. I'm not familiar. It's a show. <laughs> um, and as you will probably not remember, um, what happened last time on bonus content was we met uh, Khan Noonien Singh because we had previously watched him get killed. Um, and uh, so since we're completely out of order... <laughs> The um, worst possible order. Yep. <laughs> uh, we should, honestly, listeners, get at us with more suggestions on things we could watch in the worst possible order. Yeah. Because that could be our new lane. Yeah, we could, yeah. We could watch things in bad order. Um, why not? I don't know. Yeah. Get at us at all. Um, I'm not for, doing anything else. For any reason. I'm going to um, die alone. All we, all we do is uh, sit here and um, drink Grenache and podcast. <laughs> Eat hot chip and podcast and lie. Yeah. Um, um, so what's going to happen uh, tonight to us is we're going to watch uh, The Search for Spock. Yep. And so what happened chronologically um, last is that Spock, so like, Spock died. Like a month and a half ago on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> um, Spock died sh- saving the rest of the crew from something that was wrong with the engine radiation yeah uh, because something he, something he got chernobyled yeah in the in the battle against um khan while khan was busy giving the most number of deathbed speeches that anybody has ever given in a movie oh my god i forgot about that but yeah he, he's got like three or four where he's just it is like, like 10 minutes of him dying doing, yeah dying, dying in monologues yeah what a bad movie. It is uh <laughs> it's a classic. Yeah. Um so yeah, we're going to go watch uh what happened after they set, so they they fired Spock's body off to the Genesis planet and then the movie ended with the very very telling scene of Spock's uh pod that he was in. Yeah, as I recall the movie ended with a a giant um uh, neon sign that says check out the sequel where spock comes back yep is that is that how the movie ended yep 
Search for Spock, everybody. All right. Yeah, baby! <laughs> Fucking content! All right, so today we have the story of a man who doesn't want to do this anymore, and then his best friend who also doesn't want to do this anymore, but in a different way. <laughs> oh That's my. the podcast and also... Oh my also god! Also, the movie we just watched. <laughs> oh man! Holy shit! That was that was fucking awesome. That was, that was, I uh, I want to. I'm gonna start with my list of complaints <laughs> with the title of this film. This film is entitled "The Search for Spock," and what is the one thing that they know the entire goddamn time? Where Spock is? Yes, it is the exact location of Spock. Oh god damn it! Um, okay, so uh, two little bits of trivia right up top. One, um, I don't know if you noticed this in the opening titles, but this is directed by Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, I did know that, um, um, which is pretty cool. And, and I mean, it makes sense because he's barely in the movie. Um, and two, and I had to look this up, um, but uh, this movie was when the Klingon language was invented. Oh, okay. Um, um that makes sense yeah um yeah it kind of make, be, like it's it's really fucking funny and incongruous and and in uh and uh not um consistent throughout the movie like it feels it, it feels like they're trying to do that thing where they have somebody speak like you know a couple of people speak a couple of lines of dialogue and then it's just understood like a couple mm-hmm. of lines of dialogue in another language and then it's just understood that they they're now right. speaking English, yeah, but it's yeah, still yeah. speaking the. But they don't establish that one at all. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say it's not a good movie. <laughs> um, I'm giving it a watch. I don't care. I'm giving. Oh no! It, definitely watch it, but not because it's good. Um, can you turn the monitor down a little bit? I'm, uh, I am blowing my fucking ear out. Is that a little bit better? Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Um, uh. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote down, okay, so first, my first complaint, I'm sorry, we were we were actually in your list of complaints, I'm sorry, I'm, oh, I'm fucking sorry, man, I what, mean, was can, your, what was your list of complaints? We can, we can go in chronological order, <laughs> because like my next, I don't even know if this is a complaint or just an observation, but uh, Klingon Christopher Lloyd, who I fucking love so much. Mm. He's so good. I like. I saw that show up in the credits, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I have it's later in my notes, so I'll just read it to you when we get there. But I went through and wrote down some like high points of Christopher Lloyd's career during this era, mm. and it is it's fucking okay. amazing. But also, so Klingon Christopher Lloyd has his pet Targ on the ship. Why do you have your pet on a spaceship? That's not a Where normal. Where would thing. you have your pet? Not the spaceship where else would you have it your planet but you do you live on the spaceship i'm just gonna say that this is the only time that i can think of when uh anybody's pet shows up until in uh i don't know when it happens in next generation eventually we'll get there uh when data adopts a cat (sighs) oh boy can't wait for that episode yeah data Um, eventually adopts a cat and gets really into painting hmm so that's coming mm. up. <laughs> um, really looking forward to the data gets into gets into synthesizers episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so we catch back up with the crew. Um, you know, just okay. To, hang on, can I? Can I? Do, oh yeah, do you can have, I do one of my complaints? Yeah, yeah do your complaints. Uh, <laughs> so the first thing I wrote down was um, Picard is Picard. Uh, Kirk is doing uh, Spock's eulogy. And he says, out of all the people that I've met in my travels, he's perhaps the most human. Scientifically. Yes, exactly. 50%. <laughs> precisely 50%. Exactly. And also, like, what point are you trying to make, Kirk? Yeah, you're really digging on all of because the Because you're humans. digging all the, on, yeah, yeah. on all of the 100% humans that you work with all the fucking time of being like, you could be as good as him if you fucking tried. Yeah. Yeah, it's not very cool. Not a great point to make in a eulogy, you fucking asshole. And I don't remember if it's actually in the scene because that because it's played as a voiceover in in this movie, and I can't remember how how it played out in the the previous movie. But I think he gives that eulogy in the like the room full of other human officers when they're about to launch Spock's space tube into space. <laughs> oh, and so the, he the, says the, it out loud in front of a bunch of humans. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he, he definitely says it out loud in, in front of a bunch of humans <laughs> in this one. Which, again, yeah, you're like, what the fuck do you mean by human then? Like, I, you know, by context, you're like, it means good and virtuous. Yeah. But it's not. He's great. he's in like Spock's main thing is that he's not human. Well, and there's some. Uh, there, fuck, there, it there, sucks. It sucks. There's <laughs> something that is so fundamentally. I don't know if imperialist is the right word, but uh, I guess arrogant may be the word. But so so fundamentally wrong with um, the uh, the perspective of as the human narrator saying, well, human is the uh, the the epitome. Of goodness, mm. and so right. yeah, in yeah. order to speak well of this person, <laughs> I am going to speak of how human he is because those are the same he thing. Was, he was the whitest guy I've ever met. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, kind of yeah, yeah, that's kind of the tone. Yeah, that's the problem. Right you don't there. love you don't love it. Um, and then okay, so my second observation is. Um, who the fuck is DeForest Kelly? <laughs> that's that's uh, that's the doctor. It's Bones. Oh, what a bad name! <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is naming their child DeForest? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no argument. Yeah, that's a that's child abuse. Bones is my favorite character um, on the original series for reasons we'll probably get into. Uh, <laughs> His his birth name is DeForest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, it's terrible. Oh, oh yeah. god, it's very bad. Yeah, it, that's his parents should be should face charges. Yeah, don't name your kid DeForest. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go one step further. I'm gonna say Forest isn't even a very good name. Forest is better than DeForest. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It is. But it's still, I mean, even even setting. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say that deforest is one step better than genocide. <laughs> um, which I'm imagining a rapper named Genocide Kelly now. Okay, and related nope, to machine every, gun. Nope, hang on, 
Everybody imagine that. But related to Machine Gun Kelly or not? Yeah. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just Obviously. Make, I'm just checking. I'm checking. Making sure. Okay. 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 We've all imagined it. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. Go on. Um, <laughs> My next note is William Shatner looks like fucking dog shit. He does. Yeah, he does look pretty <laughs> shitty. Um, so we catch up with the crew. Uh, they are, and it's immediately in the aftermath of the previous film. They are headed to a space station on or, or around Earth to, they think, get the Enterprise repaired. They eventually find out that the Enterprise is going to be de- decommissioned. Um, but uh, they pull in and they see the new ship, the mm-hmm. Excelsior. Mm. Yeah. And they mention that the Excelsior has transwarp drive. Which they don't really explain what that is, but Scotty's like, "Yeah, right. I don't fucking believe in transwarp drive." Which yeah, I actually I wanted to get into it with you about um, what is transwarp faster than ultra warp? I don't think because we we've talked about ultra warp before, but and I don't know why because I don't keep track of any of this. But I, I think ultra warp came from the TV sh- or from the cartoon series, so we can kind of kick it aside okay but the thing that i noted is that uh because i have brain problems and during the time that we've been producing the show i have watched all of star trek discovery Mm. so i know uh that within even though discovery was produced uh decades after this movie came out um it's still considered to be within canon that so discovery occurs before uh, any of the, basically any of the original series, mm-hmm. um, like ten years before, um, and the the sh- the Starship Discovery has a, um, and I'm going to forget the name of it, but it's basically a space mushroom drive. Um, mm. So the science, as they explain it, is that there's something that is comparable to f- fungus that, but it's in space. Um, and if you can tap into this interstellar, so magic, yeah, it's, it's just magic. Yeah, it's yeah. magic. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of discovery, because I think we talked about this, that it's like one of the things that you think about when you're watching discovery is wait, how, because, because the, the, uh, mycelium drive gives you the ability to just f- blink from any point in space to any other point in space. Mm. There's no travel time. Which is not a technical, uh, nah. technological, Tec- yeah, yeah, uh, advancement that you would go back from. Yeah, um, and you, the once you, once you had that, you would just have that, right? And the way that it is, is explained, I forget what goes wrong, but something goes wrong, whatever, whatever. Um, and they decide to classify the technology, and that's why the technology doesn't exist. Nope. nope. Yeah. That's yeah, I know. yeah. Not how. Anything has ever worked ever. Yeah. Um, um, but anyway, yeah. So Scotty doesn't believe in transwarp drive, which is like, I get it. Being the old guy, being um, you know, uh, ha- ha- shit talking about like the new people and the new technology. But he genuinely acts like he just doesn't believe that it exists or that it'll work. Which is not. He's an engineer. Right. He's just an old man. Yeah. Like so. Okay. Two things. First of all, before any of this happens, um, is the music producer of the podcast now. Um, the music 
where they are docking into the space station, dog shit. Fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, absolutely fucking horrible. Uh-huh. Uh, fucking uh, just, just, just gross. Um, second, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> okay, if you if you think of it, then fucking just jump back in. So these, I'm just gonna like read through my notes. So one, Chekhov speaks Russian for no reason, and there's no subtitles, and he speaks Russian to Scotty, and Scotty does not understand him, and it's like a, a like a ten second scene where Chekhov says one thing in Russian, Scotty's like what, and Chekhov says another thing in Russian, and Scotty's like I still do not understand you, yeah. and then cut away, and it's never addressed again. Yeah, and I yeah. loved it. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, th- that does remind me of the second thing I, I wanted to bring up, which uh-huh. was just this entire movie is about like this is just generational warfare again. I keep I keep bringing it up on uh, original series episodes and and movies where it's like no, like this is just old people being like we're better at this than you young fuckers are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this entire fucking movie is just yeah. No, it's we valid. will not be replaced. Yeah, and and it's like the first or the 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 last one, uh, Wrath of Khan was like they take out a ship full of newbies and like show the newbies how to do the thing, right? And you know prevail over uh, the fucking Ubermensch. This one, they don't even have any young people at all. They're just like, "You're gonna replace us? No, we're stealing our old ship back, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna crash it into the outside of the space station, or the doors are open. Who knows?" That was a genuinely comedic moment for me too. <laughs> like, oh fuck! They have yeah, sto- no, that that got me really. <laughs> they have stolen the shit. All right, I gotta back up for a second. So yeah, first of all. Klingon Christopher Lloyd fucking rules. Um, and uh, we get all of the characters in just like future casual garb, which like all of their outfits, oh, fucking chef kiss. They're just, yeah. they're great. Everybody um, looking hot as shit. Uh, um, Sarek shows up while they're trying to have a, a fucking uh, wake, basically. Um, and Sarek has to get into Kirk's brain, which has got to be gross. Yeah, Kirk's brain seems gross. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I don't it's like honestly, Sarek, don't go in there. Um they also like the story's not that complicated. No, it really isn't. And they really the screenwriters do a lot of work <laughs> yeah, to make to sure to make it sure to make sure it's <laughs> like an hour forty five. Yeah. Um so we cut to uh Kirk's beloved son of two weeks um on mm. the science ship back on the genesis okay, planet so i have a note on that yeah um not to spoil the episode he's gonna die yep he sure does yeah. and i did not realize that was his son till he died and kirk <laughs> oh you didn't remember that from the last thing i don't remember anything. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. come on man <laughs> <laughs> well okay so it's. I mean, they've fucking known each other for like two weeks, so it's 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 garbage development anyway. But what what I thought was really fucked. So they're on this science ship and they're studying the Genesis planet, which like David is the guy who did the whatever that made the Genesis thing go, right? And now they're studying the effects of it, 
And he's like, oh, hey, look, there's a tropical environment. And oh, hey, look, there's a desert environment. And oh, hey, look, now it's snowing over here. And oh, hey, look, now there's like a, a Mediterranean environment. And look, oh, they're all really close to each other. Oh, that's so amazing. That's so cool. That's a good thing that you want to have on a planet is a yeah, bunch of yeah. incredibly varied fucking climates that are literally walking distance from each other. Yeah, like, look, I'm not a meteorologist, but I don't think it's good to have like 30 to 40 degree climate differentials within like a hundred miles of each other. It's, I, I mean, it's even less than that. It's like literally I think, I think like it's probably single digit miles. Yeah. I think that will probably make just constant hurricanes. It's probably indicative of a planet that's going to not do well. Right. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they fucking get down. She or David and Sarah, uh, so did you? Uh, d- did you follow that the female Vulcan officer was the Kirstie Alley character from the last movie? No, uh, that's who that's supposed to be. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I followed very little. Uh, <laughs> As, okay. as is expected of me from this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would. That's your that's your job <laughs> is not paying attention. Yes. Okay. So I want to talk about um, and actually, I w- so you have recommended uh, multiple times on this podcast uh, the Laundry Files, mm-hmm. um, and I just finished the first Laundry Files book on audiobook. Jesus, you read that really fast. It's like ten hours. I got it. Like, I know, but you texted me yesterday saying I started the Laundry Files. Yeah, I started on Sunday though. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's only like 10 hours. Um, But so what it got me thinking about was conspiracy theories. And like I was thinking about that, uh, the the woman uh, who's like this Ugandan doctor who thinks Trump is good, who also Mm -hmm. thinks that illness is caused by sex with demons or something. And just like uh, in a broader picture, the the idea that people believe that demons are real or magic is real and stuff like that. And it got me thinking about that Tim Minchin poem storm um, that it contains the line. um, It starts off talking about how, uh, how much he loves uh, Scooby doo Scooby doo, the TV show Scooby doo, because that show was so cool because every time there was a house with a ghoul or a ghost in a school, they looked beneath the mask and what did they find a fucking janitor or the guy who ran the water slide? Because throughout history, every mystery that has ever been, or every mystery ever solved has turned out to be not magic. Right. And that was one of the things that got me like I I'd like enjoy like the laundry files are enjoyable to listen to because it's fun to think about. Oh, like what if like what if know, there was. Yeah. Actually what if there magic? was magic? Yeah. But it's not actually magic within the realm of the books because it's, yeah, it's, it's it, it can just be replicated. A, it's just a new form of technology. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, we, we texted about this earlier today. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. Like, what if there was magic? Well, we would subsume it into uh this neoliberal process where everything fucking sucks shit and is boring yeah it like you it like it's it like there there literally cannot be such a thing as magic because as soon as it can be re- replicated it stops being magic right and it's and it's just technology. it becomes science right and you know then, and then it just 
um, gets absolutely fucking owned by capital. And I so, forget where you were going. With well, this. so they they also talk about Vulcan mysticism because of the whole like mind meld thing in the movie. Oh right? yeah, that and that, it's like so. Hang on, that that actually got that actually raised my hackles about um, anti-Semitism a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah, I can see that. Or, or not even anti-Semitism, but like just Jewish characterization a little bit, um, because like the Vulcans do kind of have a Jewish. I mean, there is like slant on them in in the time when this movie uh, was produced in the real world uh, continuum. Uh, it is prior to the uh, introduction of the Ferengi. Right. So, oh yeah, yeah. Way, there's like no, yeah, yeah. There is no other Jewish analog within the. Right. I mean, there. Yeah. I mean, and and, uh, and Vulcans are first and foremost the autists, um, but, right, but they can also be. Yeah, and it's, but but but, yeah, but, the, but 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 like because autist culture can't really exist. Like, like you can't imagine, you can't really imagine like a culture of entirely autists. Right. But you can't so when they when they have to talk about vulcan culture it does tend to default to jewish um i mean i would say that okay because i i i, I tend to be like pretty you know t- tightly clean keen t- keyed into anti-semitism in general uh, i think that there's it's not as much anti-Semitic tropes as um, just kind of other, just religious other. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I would, I would, yeah. Because I the, completely agree because I don't, I don't actually think it was anti-Semitic. I think it was just othering the Semitic. Yeah. Um, which I guess, I mean, somebody can tell us if that's different or not, but um but yeah no i think it i think it was just like sort of positing the vulcans as the people of the book and which is weird because it's weird it's it's weird because the vulcans are supposed to be the logical ones and yet also the vulcans are the mystical ones right which doesn't that doesn't doesn't it fucking doesn't yeah it doesn't it just doesn't yeah yeah yeah. Um, and then you have the fact that we're not talking about mysticism. We're talking about something that can be actually be fucking measured. I mean, the only way that like, works is... Like, is Spock alive or not? Does Spock have his fucking... I mean, soul is something that you can't measure, but is this the guy? Right. Is this the same guy? Yeah. And, the, yeah, the only way it works is that they are so logical that they are accessing something that seems mystical to people that are not as logical as they are. One one of my notes says, "The space station security is bad, really bad." <laughs> um, yeah, moving moving on from that thing we were talking about. Um, yeah, so they find I don't know if we've actually explained this. So Spock's coffin probe pod thing went to the Genesis planet, and it hibbledy bibbledy boobity boobity. Mm-hmm. And made Spock be a person again, except he doesn't have his soul because McCoy is carrying his soul. Um, and David and uh, Bobo Kirstie Alley 
beam down to the planet because they detect a thing and they find a bunch of slime things, but then they chase down Spock. Um, the captain of that ship, and I forget the name of the ship, he is like the most I don't want to actually do anything like milk toast career fucking bureaucrat motherfucker. Because she calls him up and she's like, hey, the guy that we thought was dead, I'm pretty sure this toddler that we just found on this new planet is that guy. And the captain is like, oh, man, that sounds like... That sounds like a lot of paperwork. I am... I got a... I got to play racquetball with the first officer. I was going to... Um... Can we? Okay, I guess bring it up. Great improv, man. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so then, and we both laughed out loud at this moment. So the Klingons beam down shortly thereafter. So the Klingons show up at the Genesis planet, and fucking Klingon Christopher Lloyd grabs the fucking slime thing, and one of it, like they walk up to the coffin. And one of his guys like pulls his phaser out and points it at the thing. And Christopher Lloyd is like, no. And Christopher Lloyd picks it up and like lets it wrap all the way around his body and around his neck and like choke him half to death. And then he just squeezes the thing's fucking head <laughs> off for no reason. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> no, the cruelty is the point. <laughs> like just, just savagery for the point of savagery. <laughs> and it's like, Okay, we we got it. Those are the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, I would like... <laughs> you just really wanted to rip the head off of a thing. Nice. Uh, okay, I, I man. I know that we're watching movies from the fucking, what, 70s? This uh, came out in 1983. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Um, which, yeah, I've got a list of, we're coming up. I've got more shit first, but yeah, I've got, uh, I've got a list of, uh, Christopher Lloyd's, uh, acting credits from around this era that I cannot wait to talk well, to you about. Well, you know what else came out in 1983? Fucking Pawn. Oh yeah, you did. Mm -hmm. But do you want to talk about Pawn Far? <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, so... I don't know how that segue works, but sure. adolescent Spock <laughs> going through Ponfar with an adult woman. I just wrote down the words. Oh no! <laughs> it makes the finger touching thing that Spock's parents were doing on that one episode so much more gross. I have. I was also. I was already really upset about that finger touching thing. Yeah. Now I'm. Because what we found out, I'm I am militant. I am I am to the point where I would pick I I would I would get guns <laughs> and go fight. So what someone about this? I and I forget the name of the original series episode, but we did an episode on it um, where we were introduced to Spock's parents, and one of the things that Jack and I both found very upsetting was that the um, I think that was just you and I. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the gesture of endearment that Spock's parents use with each other, yeah, uh, Sarek and Amanda uh, use with each other is Wait, they. Her name was Amanda. Her name's Amanda. Um, what is that they both hold out their index and ring finger? 
in the fingering gesture, like yeah. Yeah. not to be gross, I'm sorry, but it's the like the index and ring finger no, together I mean, you, in the, like everybody knows what we're talking about. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's like the shocker with your pinky down, basically, and it, then they it touch. The, it's the finger blasting gesture. Yeah, and then they touch the tips of their fingers together, which just without the context of this movie is already fucking gross. Uh, but then in this movie, we find out that holding those two fingers out and just basically rubbing those fingers up and down around the other person's hand is, I guess, Vulcan foreplay. Because like we don't see it, but they definitely fucked. Yeah, I, I went through a lot of emotional states in that scene. Yeah. Um, which I summarized by writing down, oh, no, yeah. on my notepad. Yeah. Spock, um, and Sa- Spock lost his second virginity to Savick yes. on the Genesis planet. That um, is what 100% what happened. But all it is portrayed as is they touch index and middle fingers for a while. Um, but also this is like this rubbing, like rubbing your index and middle fingers down the back of the other person's hand and okay so <sighs> so they rub the first two fingers of their hands together for a while um which not great not good don't love it um i did wrote write down that i was envious of man it'd be nice that i only wanted to fuck every seven years um yeah i can i can see the benefit of that yeah, that seems like a great weight off my mind. Although I, I, I've, I'll repeat this again, and I've said this, said this several times when Spock's parents' relationship has come up. I feel so bad for Spock's mom. Right, because she does not have that. Yeah, she presumably yeah. has a normal human uh, horniness cycle, and fucking Sarek only gets horny every seven years, and the rest of the time he just wants to touch their fingers together. Gross. Um, but also... Her and Sarek touch their fingers together all the fucking time. Right. That's what's so fucking gross Which about it. Which means they're fucking constantly. I mean, they're not actually fucking because it seems like it's an element of foreplay, but that means it is comparable to, like, you walking it's around. It's comparable to giving head, I would say. I was going to say comparable to just having your hands on your partner's genitals. Okay. Yeah, your your thing is more reasonable. Yeah, just walking around with like your hands on your partner's tits or her hands on your dick, just or, like that's or, or, or your hands on her actual genitals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that like that's that yeah. seems like what it's closest to. Yeah. Um, um, not good. The Enterprise shows up at the Genesis planet and they figure out that there's a Klingon, a cloaked Klingon ship, which it seems like, and I did not. Google far enough back to figure out whether this whether this is the first time that they've like encountered a cloaked ship, but apparently the cloaking is shitty enough that they spot it while the ship is still cloaked and are able to arm up and fire when it comes out of cloak, which means, dude, your your cloak sucks ass. Yeah, it seems like they've kind of broken the the code on cloak. Um which I think this is early. I think this is an early introduction of the concept of cloaking. Right. I think this is one of the first but times. But also, like the 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 counterpunch breaks all of their shit. Yeah. Um. Horribly. So. Yeah. It's fucking. It's it's Rocky versus Apollo. 
number two, basically, because the last time when they fought fucking uh, uh, Khan, it was that same thing. I think I mentioned it when we did the record because both the Enterprise and Khan's ship were just beat to hell. And they're just like just two ragged beat to shit boxers like throwing haymakers at each other. And that was kind of the same situation here. Yeah, it's almost like they're not particularly inventive on their writing and setting up uh, dramatic scenarios. It is almost exactly like that. It is almost exactly like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, but yeah, anyway, so they end up in a situation where um, the Enterprise should be dominant, but somehow is not. Yeah, they get the first shot off, and yet they still manage to get, basically to get kneecapped by the Klingon ship. Right. So meanwhile, the Klingons have sent a couple of guys down to the surface who have now or are now holding uh, Kirk's beloved son David uh, and Bobo Kirstie Alley and teenage Spock hostage. Um, and fucking Klingon Christopher Lloyd says, "Kill one of them. I don't care which one." And then he goes that which. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're a sociopath and you've joined the military and you and you finally get the opportunity to kill somebody and you have an excuse, maybe you take your time about it. But I was thinking about it from my own perspective. I'm like, if somebody told me kill one of those three people and I don't care which one, I'm it's it's over in three seconds. I do because it doesn't matter. Like they're not people to me. I mean, I just wouldn't kill anybody. <laughs> like, I mean, assuming I was going to do it, like. Assuming, like, if I wasn't going to do it, then yeah, I just quit. But, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess, if if for whatever reason I had to kill one of them, I would pull up random.org on my <laughs> cell phone. Listeners, check tricorder out, <laughs> on your tricorder. Listeners, check out random.org. This episode brought to you by random.org. <laughs> when you have to decide which of a number of people you're going to murder, <laughs> go to random.org. And It'll just, do it and for you. Ask for a number between one and three. I don't know. <laughs> one and however many people you have to choose from <laughs> to murder. Uh, little little peek behind the scenes. Um, that is how I used to do the uh, open mic lineups. Oh yeah, that's that a good I way to do it. Went back when I used to run the open mic. Back when we used to be able to do comedy in person. Back when anything mm. happened ever. Um, but anyway, so. David decides to be a fucking chivalrous because it looks like the Klingon guy is going to go for uh, Bobo Kirstie Alley. And um, David sucks shit at fighting. Yeah, not good. Not Here's good. one of the really basic things about, uh, like, if you're barehanded and fighting somebody else who has a weapon, mm-hmm. pay attention to the weapon. Yeah. 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 Don't, don't, for example, um, don't just immediately let him pwn you with the weapon. Yeah. Don't don't like grapple straight at his torso and leave the arm that has a knife in it just free to stab you. Because mm. mm. you'll get stabbed. Check out getting stabbed. <laughs> I was gonna say not getting stabbed. Oh, well. Check out both of those. This episode brought to you by Stabbed dot com. <laughs> Go to www.stabbed.com slash sucks to find out how to either get stabbed or not get stabbed. I don't know. One of those things. 
<laughs> um, several of my notes here are illegible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Um, uh. the, the sun something. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Uh, it's it's about Kirk getting upset when David dies because he says, "Oh no, the son I've known for fives of days." Mm. Um, and uh, also, yeah, I just had to note that like the writers really have not found the Klingon voice yet, which is just so weird. <laughs> having like from my perspective, having consumed so they, much, yeah, they've had so much time to work on it. Well, at this point, like when they're writing this movie, they really haven't that much because the Klingons are not a huge part of the original series, and the original series is only three seasons anyway. And so, like they 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 really haven't worked on it that much. And I mean, bear in mind, like remember the original the fucking triple episode, like they've completely redesigned this. I think is the first time that we've seen the Klingons with the head thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they don't look at all like yeah. 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 Um and so it's just like finding finding the voice, finding the like kind of ethos of who who Klingons are and everything. It just hasn't happened yet. They're like they're working on it. They're getting there. Um but the, the other thing is that fucking so like the the Deus Ex Machina ends up being uh, that they trick the entire Klingon crew into beaming over to the Enterprise and then blowing up the Enterprise, but they say that the that that a Klingon bird of prey has a complement of twelve and a whole fucking warship. Yeah, like what the fuck are you talking with twelve about? guys on it? Yeah, what, what? Well, also like, why the fuck would you beam? Yeah, why would you beam of- all your guys? <laughs> yeah, like, don't beam your guys. Don't beam all your guys. Never Keep, beam your guys. Yeah, don't. I think is the moral of this episode. Yeah, that is the moral. Don't beam all your guys. Never beam your guys. Um, <laughs> and ah, uh, fuck. They also, and we also both laughed out loud at this during this the sequence when uh, Kirk when when they're uh, activating the self destruct sequence on the ship because <laughs> it takes three officers. Uh, to activate the self-destruct sequence. <laughs> so first, Kirk is like, Kirk, 1A. And then Scotty's like, Scott, 1A, 2B. And then Chekhov's like, Chekhov, 1A, 2B, 3C. It's like, you guys, that code is too easy. It's a you, very, yeah. like That is a bad code. Like if I was trying to open a bank account, if I was trying to open a a, a space shuttle or a a fucking, um, uh, if I was trying to open an account on a t-shirt shop, <laughs> and I tried to enter that as my passcode, they'd be like, "No, that's too easy. Come on." <laughs> if I was trying to open the doors on a space station so that I could steal a spaceship. Is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Um, that was that was a really really wide open gate for you to plug our t-shirt shop. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> listeners. Check out T Public. Click the link in whatever. Click the link in the show notes because I'm not going to spell out what the link uh, is. Uh, but yeah, click click the link in the show notes and go buy a t-shirt or. Um, Give us some money on Patreon if you want um, so that we can continue doing this podcast. Um, That's end of plug. Would you like to hear Christopher Lloyd's filmography? Absolutely. Okay. So are you familiar with his work in the TV show Taxi? No, I don't know what that show is. Oh, really? 
You should you should watch Taxi. I don't know what anything is. Yeah. It's a it's a pretty classic TV show. So that ran from 1978 to 1983. In 1983, he was in Mr. Mom, which continues to be one of my favorite movies of all time. In 1984, he was in this movie, Star Trek Three. Okay. In 1984, he was also in Buckaroo Banzai Beyond the I can't remember if it's Beyond the Eighth Dimension or whatever. Which I think I texted you last time I watched that. That movie is. We have definitely talked about that yeah. movie, and I don't... It's <laughs> fucking bizarre and insane. I'll just... I won't get any further into the movie than to say that Christopher Lloyd plays a character named John Big Booty. Mm. Okay. Um, 1985, Back to the Future 1. Also 1985, Clue. Speaking okay. of Clue, you can get t-shirts on our <laughs> T-Public store that say communism <laughs> is just a red herring. Um, 1988... Who Framed Roger Rabbit? One of the best movies. Of all time. A fucking fantastic movie. And if you haven't watched it as an adult, like if you only watched that as a kid, I have no idea how old our listeners are. But if you have uh, not watched that as an adult and like and and realized like the political undertones of that movie, you need to fucking watch yeah, that movie. Yeah, fucking again. rules. Um, um, an extremely underrated movie that he was in uh, with Michael Keaton. Another movie with, with Michael Keaton because he's also in, in uh, Michael Keaton's also in Mr. Mom. Um, 1989, The Dream Team, um, where Christopher Lloyd. And, I can't remember who the doctors are and who's, who are the patients, but it's uh, a psychiatric um, doctor caretaker and a bunch of like psych patients, and he tries to take them to go see a baseball game, like in Chicago or something, but. Uh, Really good movie. Also 1989, Back to the Future 2, 1990, Back to the Future 3, uh, and 1991, Adams, the first Adams Family movie, which he's in both of the Adams, the, 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 both of the first two Adams Family live action movies. Oh. Um, but fucking Christopher Lloyd, there's also, I didn't even write it down, but in there, in the middle there, there's a, a movie that he did with Howie Mandel called Walk Like a Man, where um, it's kind of a pseudo Tarzan kind of thing. Howie Mandel plays. Um, like the uh, the heir to a family fortune who accidentally got left in the woods or something. And so huh. he's like, you know, the ape man and he gets brought back to live with his family. And yeah. uh, Christopher Lloyd is like one of the uh, one of the relatives who's trying to steal the family fortune from him. OK, well, check out Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> this episode uh. brought to you by Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is cool. Watch his movies. Yep, check him out. Um, ChristopherLloyd.com forward slash. I just wanted to say that um, basically this movie is about um, there are two men who are best friends, and uh, one of them is very successful and, and makes all the right decisions, and the other one is very angry and lives his life in bitterness and then the successful one dies and takes possession of the other one and lives in his head for a while and then the plot of the movie is to get him out of the um, sort of bitter wastrel uh, Mm -hmm. and back into his own body and I don't know what that's a metaphor for, but it I found I found it speaking to me for some reason. So 
I don't see how that's necessarily relevant to our specific relationship at all. Yeah, I don't either. It just spoke to me somehow. So they steal... Wait, they try to... (laughs) God damn it. First of all, I love how the special effects people just get to decide, helter-skelter, what phasers do to people. Because mm-hmm. there's oh, the point I mean, that 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 is a thing that yeah that's the thing that's like wh- in the entire franchise like <laughs> early on uh, Christopher Lloyd gets mad at his gunner I think uh, for blowing up the science ship and shoots him and he like kind of electrically like catches fire from the inside out but then later on when they when Kirk lands on the planet and they they start fighting the Klingons Kirk shoots one of the Klingons and he like uh like 3D like uh like old school 3D blue and red color like flashes all over him and he flies like 20 feet back in the air right so anything it could be anything yep no just whatever the plot requires phasers can like, do anything just like fucking everything else uh so this is one of my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. So Kirk and uh, Klingon Christopher Lloyd have a fist fight. And oh yeah, I I did write down Kirk combat. Kirk uh, Klingon Christopher Lloyd catches Kirk's foot. Yep. And then Kirk does a backflip kick, which yeah. I believe you will recall is the signature move from a film I like to call No Retreat, No Surrender. Jack is sitting back in his chair. He is angry that I have made him remember that no retreat, no surrender exists. And he is just remembering that he committed to doing no retreat, no surrender for bonus content. And he is very sad about it. I'd like to recall to the comments I just made about where one of, one of the <laughs> one of the friends dies. <laughs> And he's dead. I don't, but I don't want to die. Yep. No, you're not the one that's going to die, buddy. I don't want to die. You're not the one that's going to die. I did think, I thought it was really sweet because there's genuinely a moment when I feel like McCoy, he doesn't say I love you, but and he stops just short of there, but I really felt like McCoy kind of had a, an emotional breakthrough and admitted that he that he loves Spock. Oh yeah, no, I, I like all all irony aside, um I do feel like this was a celebration of male friendship. Yeah. Which <laughs> I mean like most of most of anything that involves uh Kirk and Spock and McCoy. Right. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Um but yeah, and that, so we finally fucking they they get him off the planet and get him back to Vulcan. Uh, but again, it's just it's treated like this mysticism thing, and I'm just like, this seems like a thing you're going to be able to measure, right? They do, they do they do a like Kabbalah ritual, yeah, to bring Spock back to life, and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like either either it works or it doesn't, and if it works, it's science. Right. And if it doesn't work, it's not fucking science. Yeah, you're you guys are the logic guys. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Where you're like, well, we haven't done this in a hundred years. Okay. What happened a hundred years ago when you tried to do it? Yeah. If did it work a hundred years work ago or not? Like you guys are the fucking logic guys. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, 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 yeah. Um, dope robe, though, when Spock came back to life. Oh, absolutely. It's like this Ross, like this Ross silk looking kind of, uh, robe that, yeah. yeah, Killer robe. I want that robe. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest. Uh, listeners, please send us robes. Yeah. Um, um, go to robe.com. <laughs> go to robes.com. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> this made me laugh towards the end because so they get this whole thing, like, you know, so they bring Spock back to life, and, uh, and it's a very, this very slow and meant to be very intense moment where he's kind of, he like walks past all of his friends, and then he very, he like slowly starts to, starting with Jim, and then he like kind of realizes who everybody is and, um, and starts to remember. Um, but he goes, he repeats what he said uh, at the end, uh, when, right before he died. Uh, is the ship okay? Right. Which at the time when he said it, when he was dying, yeah, you saved the ship. Right. But at this point, when he's saying it, <laughs> the true the ship, answer the is... The ship has died in the most embarrassing way possible. Yeah, the, the answer is, yeah, you, no, you saved it. But... Then here's the thing. But here's the what what had happened was that it was saved and then we took it to the shop to get it fixed and we were going to get it fixed. Okay, but then we didn't um, and then we took it back out the shop and now it's got, got blowed up a little bit. Well, and and also we had to sacrifice it for you, um, <laughs> but in a way that so it exploded in a way that it was fine, but there was an ex- explosion graphic superimposed over the top of it, and then and then it stopped existing, and then there were several other explosion graphics. Um, just copy and paste it into the frame, and and <laughs> that's how that's how the ship died. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. the, the special effects in this movie were top notch, exceptional, world class. I'm gonna say not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh fuck. Well, yeah. and that that's how the movie ends. Um so join us next week when we watch Star Trek 4: The Voyage Home. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nope. We already watched that one. <laughs> no, you're right. Join us next week uh or whenever we do bonus content again when we watch um No Retreat No Surrender. Join us next week when I make Leo watch something that I like. <laughs> but, I mean, we do have to do that episode about that book I read. Mm. I forget what book that was. But. It's fucking Sirens of Titan. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. We promise listeners. Join us next week for Sirens of Titan. Fuck, I guess I better read it again. <laughs> well, we told people we were going to do an episode about that like three months ago. Okay. If you believe in capital punishment, you can fuck off up an ace. If you believe in capital punishment, you can fuck off up an ace. Trees, stars,
Yeah. 